This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Not have enough time to talk about everything we have to talk about in the world of sports today. But Gordon and I will do the best we can. And we'd love to hear from you at 1-800-919-3776. Also via X, formerly Twitter, at Hardesty ESPN, at Gordon Damer, at ESPN NY. 98 underscore 7 FM. It's the J&J Collection, along with Julian and Joe. We ride until midnight on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Gordon. Larry Hardesty, my friend. How are you? Sore. Why's that? Gordon, today was my day to pick up leaves. Oh, boy. Gordon, I put 15 bags of leaves. Oh, my God. On the curb. The town folks will not be happy to see me. No, of course not. (laughs) Who would ever be happy to see that? Couldn't you just blow them onto the other guy's lawn? Couldn't you just do Uh, that when no one's looking? Well, normally that's what I do. (laughs) (laughs) But this was the backyard. Ah, I see. (laughs) So I had to, you know, and then the front yard is later. But I had to get rid of them. I I, I was riding. You know, here was the excuse, Gordon. What's been raining? Sure. You You always can come up with an excuse for that. Nobody's looking forward to that. Oh. And so Jeanette says, so um, you, it's so funny. And you understand this, Gordon. You know, when you get that, 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 that question with it's not with a the, question. Yeah, exactly. The question with the, with the rise at the end, but mm-hmm. it's not really a question. So um, when are you going to get to the backyard? Dun, mm-hmm. dun, dun. Yep. Uh, I'll do it tomorrow. Because uh-huh. <laughs> I know it's coming. Well, let me ask you this. Yes. Would you rather yeah. have to go back out and do the leaves in the backyard again? Or would you rather watch the quarterback play of the New York football teams? Um, I would rather do the leaves again. Yeah. You might, and, you might, you might have offered to do a couple of neighbor's yards in, in the future. And thank God there was a Nick game on last night. Whoo, boy. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. And by the way, Don LaGreca, thank you for a win. Boy, did we need that win with the Knicks last night. Yes, absolutely. Now let's see if he you know, can continue. He's got the Wimbanyama tomorrow night. Ooh, Big challenge for Don. Big challenge for Don. Big but challenge. But he's up to it. He's he up is to up it. to I know it. Of he course can do he's it. up to it. I know. You know. I'm rooting for Don. Of course. That's what I'm rooting for. Gordon, I'd like to see Don stand next to Wembayama. Uh, I, w- I would find that fascinating. <laughs> Listen, me standing next to the Wembayama. Oh, absolutely! Would be no, I'm, I'm saying like just people in your life. You don't get perspective on because he's don't. standing next to generally other tall people. Exactly, and he exactly. still looks tall. I want to see him standing next to people I know. See, Gordon, you and I understand this. Having been in locker rooms in our lives. Oh my God. It's tough to walk out of there being okay, <laughs> right. especially right. NBA. Yeah, baseball okay, right? Football not bad. Hockey okay, right? You're what? You're six four? Yes. Yeah, I'm six two. So okay. I mean, I'm not a small person by any stretch no. of the imagination, but against Wembayama, I look yeah. like a little munchkin. And because you're lean and mean, you look a little taller. Exactly. Well, that's I, I'm not so lean anymore these days. These 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 football games. You got to do something. It's it's, yeah. it's torture on the the waistline, Larry. You know, you have to go back to the fridge. You got to get something else to eat. You're back. God and knows you can't do anything forth. else but watch this game. Oh, oh my God! It was bad. It was bad. But, ladies and gentlemen, this is a disclaimer. You might hear a different Gordon Damer with the stories that we're talking about tonight. <laughs> Well, what I did did today, Larry, I did this specifically. I heard some of Hal Steinbrenner and then I heard that Brian Cashman was going to talk. But before I could hear what Brian Cashman had to say, I heard the reaction to what Brian Cashman had to say. Uh So I purposely did not hear Brian Cashman. So I will be giving you a first reaction because I know that this is like an explosive. uh, I don't know exactly what he said. I, I avoided it at all costs. But okay. I've heard some descriptions of it, so I'm going to react 100% on the air. <laughs> Roll them. Let's go. <laughs> Top stories we're covering tonight on ESPN New York Tonight. We begin at the owners' meeting in Arizona. Hal Steinbrenner and Brian Cashman met the media today. Hal calm, Brian, anything but calm. Most aggravated, agitated, confused. 
confrontational I've ever seen Brian Cashman with the media. All right, let's hear just one or two. We'll play more during the show. But here's just one from Hal Steinbrenner, Gordon. This is Hal Steinbrenner on Aaron Boone wanting the Yankees' young players to bunt more often. One thing that was discussed in August is is bunting. I mean, I think Aaron Boone thinks that we're not teaching the young players to bunt enough. What we do in player development is, you know, try to evolve with the game. Bunting is less a part of the game than it was 10 years ago. You know, I looked it up. 10 years ago, I think the average team bunted successfully, sacrificed bunts like 30 times in an entire season. Now that number's down to like 12 or 13. We bunted seven or eight times last year. We're right right in line with the with the Texas Rangers. So yes, a few years ago in player development, we kind of cut back on the bunting skills. But Aaron Boone feels it's becoming a bigger part of the game again. He feels it's important. So we're going to start right up again, you know, at the player development level. Oh, thank God, Larry. <laughs> I was worried that they were going to be focused on superficial things this offseason, that there wasn't going to be dramatic change. So basically what I got from Hal today was, Everything we're doing is top-notch. Mm-hmm. We're just going to sprinkle in more bunting. Does, yes. Doesn't that make you feel better, Yankee fans? You're going to get more bunting. There's nobody on base because the lineup stinks, so there's nobody to bunt over, but we're going to bunt more. We, we have cracked the code. We figured out what – who needs an audit? We figured out what's wrong. We just need to bunt more often. Oh, thank God. I feel so much better after hearing the Yankee owner. Brian Cashman. Gordon, you and the Yankee fans, you guys just don't get it. Cashman knows. He says, we have a good operation. I've been here with the Yankees for a long time. Whether that's a good thing, what our fans or perception want to say or not, I'm proud of our operation. I think we have a great group of baseball people. I think we have a very strong process that has served us well up until what happened this particular season. You know, certainly that cause for evaluation, that does cause for self-reflection, which always will be the case regardless. Uh, We do that even when we're flying high. We had 99 wins the previous year and and got knocked out in the ALCS, but it didn't stop me from onboarding two great baseball people. So this winter we go back at the wheel and it's now about 24 and we look to be a phoenix rising out of the ashes to find a way at the end of the day that's the challenge every year so it's what we're going through right now is no different you know than any other season but this year the big difference is we didn't punch a ticket to the postseason we didn't get a chance to take a shot at the title because we took ourselves out of it you know earlier yeah because we stunk because we stunk. We, we, we put together a bad team. It played bad. We saw all the warning signs a year ago in the second half of the season. Didn't make any changes outside of bringing on Carlos Rodon. Didn't make any changes to the offense, which was clearly the issue. It was the issue all season long. Couldn't really make any major changes because the amount of money already spent on the payroll and Hal's not going to spend any more money than they are. And, and maybe he, does, he shouldn't have to spend any more money than he already has. But because Brian Cashman's the GM, they're kind of tapped out. They didn't fix the offense and the team stunk. Yep. That sums it up. That sums it up, right? But the it's, operation is good. We, we don't really need to do a whole lot of self-reflection. No. The operation is pretty good, though. Oh, top-notch. <laughs> top-notch, Larry. I've been here a long time, and uh, we haven't won anything since 2014. But, you know, or, excuse me, I haven't won anything since 2009. It's 14 years. But everything is top-notch. The Yankees, I said this, I, I said this to you last year. I'll repeat mm-hmm. it for the, off- for the audience. The Yankees now are often wrong, but never in doubt. Yeah. Everything they're doing is top-notch. If it doesn't go the right way, it just doesn't go. It's just not meant to be. But everything they're doing is above board, Larry. It, it's really funny, Gordon, from the outside looking at the Yankees. Met fan looking at the Yankees. Mm-hmm. It's they have forgotten absolutely what it means to be the Yankees. Absolutely. A hundred percent. They have forgotten. They, they talk about, well, we were 82. We were 82. We were just in the postseason last year. Like, like they're, they look at themselves now, Gordon, almost like they're Arizona or Texas. Like, mm-hmm. we made the playoffs. Like, you should be satisfied with that. That's never been the Yankee way. That's Why do you think some Met fans are jealous of the Yankees? Because they went out, they spent money, they got the best players, and they always won. And that doesn't seem like that's the Yankee credo anymore. Nope. Uh, no. I, I mean, I, I'm surprised they even admitted that this was a bad year. <laughs> More baseball, Gordon. Is, let's talk about my Mets. No Craig Council. 
He ends up piloting the Cubs for $8 million a year. So Carlos Mendoza, the former bench coach of the Yankees, is now manager for the Mets. Uh, Adam Olivino opted out of his player option, Gordon says, because of how the season ended. No Buck, no Epler. Uh, he's checking out his options. He may come back, but he's looking to do some other things. And owner Steve Cohen announcing plans for Metropolitan Park. $8 billion investment, 20 acres of park space, entertainment complex, food hall, and infrastructure. The centerpiece, though, is a casino hotel that remains subject to the New York Gaming Commission licensing. Well, look, I know it's a couple of days old now. We weren't on last night as a result yes. of the Jet game. But the Craig Council thing, man, that is a bad look for David Stearns. The, the fact that they were going down this road when it seems pretty clear this guy did not want to come here. And, and the thing is, is Steve Cohen got outbid by the Chicago Cubs. And, and it's almost been presented as if, well, Craig Council just didn't want New York. Almost as, well, he didn't want New York, the, the, the hustle and the bu- He went to Chicago. Yeah. Chicago is basically a little smaller version of New York. Yep. And he went there for a lot of money. Good for him. He should get as much money. It's just surprising to me Steve Cohen got outbid for something that clearly his head of baseball operations wanted. And when he didn't get him, he had to pivot and go somewhere else. And look, maybe Carlos Mendoza will be a fine manager. I think it will depend on how good of a team the, the, the front office gives him. But that's a bad look that this is a guy you were going down the you, you thought you were going to get him and you didn't get him and you got outbid. The Mets got outbid where they have yep. no budget. I think that's a, very surprising to me. Yeah. No, no, no uh, tax levy, tax penalty no. on this. This is management. You can spend as much as you want. Mm-hmm. As much as you want. Gordon, this is all you need to know about the Jet loss last night. Oh, my God. It's all you need to know. They became the only team in the Super Bowl era to have their defense get five sacks, hold the opponent to less than 200 total yards, not allow any plays of 25-plus yards, and lose the game by 20-plus points. They're not the 85 Bears, and they're not the 2,000 Ravens. But, Gordon, they deserve a little bit more credit than that. Well, I I mean, the defense, it's not even worth approaching at this point to discuss them. You know, even if they do have a, a letdown here or there, uh, it's not even worth bringing up because there's so many, so many other areas of the team are on fire. And I almost feel like we should do a show without mentioning the name Zach Wilson because there are yeah. so many more. Th- at this point, there are so many more things wrong with the Jets that it's almost, it, it, it's almost meaningless to mention the quarterback because we know what the quarterback is. Mm-hmm. That... That, that line has been pretty much flatlined. Outside of the yep. Kansas City game, that was a little blip there for a second. But outside of that, it's been a flatline. He has not progressed. He has not gotten better. I don't want to hear any more of the, of the Zach Wilson believers telling me, no, you, you just don't understand. He's not, he is the problem, but it's almost not even worth discussing him anymore because there's nothing that, to be fixed. Nope. There's other areas that absolutely need to be fixed and were a, ap, an epic disaster on Monday night. You saw last night why offensive, really good offensive linemen are not available during the season. <laughs> right. Well, if they were, the Jets apparently had no interest. Uh, it's, a, it's amazing to me. We could still be talking about an offensive, Larry, an offensive line every year. Every year. Every year. Every year. And you said it earlier. They, they're, the offensive linemen that get hurt, they don't get hurt for like a week or two. No, they're gone forever. They're gone, <laughs> gone like four for games. I, I, mean, I mean, you know, Elijah Vera Tucker gone again for the whole season. Right. And look, here's the thing. The Jets came into the season with a bad offensive line. Did they think yep. no one was going to get hurt? Yeah, you're right. And listen, they've been lucky that Beck has been able to right. I, I, Larry, I didn't want to say it. It was like talking <laughs> to a pitcher in the middle of a no-hitter. I didn't want to say it. They've been lucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen, Julius Randle's shooting percentage still needs work, but at least he scored a game-high 27 last night in the Nick win over the Clippers. By the way, R.J. Barrett, 26 on 9 of 16 shooting. Barrett looks pretty good, Gordon. He's, he's played well so far this, this year. This, he has made the leap this year, at least to start the year, that we were kind of expecting last year. Last year he got off to a very uh, disappointing start, and it was a very uneven year for him. Right now, I think the thing that gives you the most confidence in the Knicks, if you are, are someone to think that the Knicks are going to take that next step, 
the progress you've seen from R.J. Barrett right now, I think that that's a big part of it. No question about it. In the game you heard right here on 98.7 ESPN, Rangers outskated Detroit 5-3. In the game you heard on 1050, Islanders lose to Minnesota 4-2. And right now, it is the Devils and the Colorado tied at 1. That's some of the stories we'll be talking about here on 98.7 ESPN New York tonight. Like I told you, we have a lot of stuff to talk about, Good, A lot of stuff yes. to talk about. Um, I'll say this. Once again, going back to the baseball for a second, mm-hmm. I was amazed. I, my mouth was open. And we'll share something with you on the other side. Gordon, I've never seen Brian Cashman like this. I've ne- I have never covered him with the team for a number of years since he's been there. And never, ever seen him aggressive, uh, cursing. <laughs> uh, yeah. This was this was a totally different Brian Cashman. So when we come back, we'll come back. We'll hear some more, Brian. And I'll get your thoughts next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. We'll talk about we're analytically driven, right? We have the smallest analytics department in the American League East. Is that a shocker to you guys? We have the largest pro scouting department in all of baseball. Is that a shocker to you to everybody? Shouldn't be, but no one's doing their deep dives. They're just throwing ammunition and, and bullshit and accusing us of being run analytically. Analytics is an important spoke in our wheel, but it, it should be in everybody's wheel, and it really is, is an important spoke in every operation that's having success. There's not one team that's not using it. We're, we're no different. But to be said we're guided by analytics as a driver, it's a lie. But that's what people want to say. I know I can't change that narrative. All I can continue to do is say bullshit not true, but I will guarantee it's important and it, we utilize it along with our pro scouting opinions, along with our amateur scouting opinions. And yeah, sometimes we do better than, and sometimes we do worse with some of our decisions. Sometimes they don't work out, but that's also part of the process. And we've had obviously our fair share in the more recent two seasons that haven't worked out, you know, some of it because of injuries, but. Brian Cashman meeting with the media. At the owners' meeting in Arizona, Hardesty and Damer on ESPN New York tonight. We get to the calls in a second. Gordon, that was your general manager speaking. Are we sure that that's not AI? You know, I've heard some AI, and they take people's voices, and they can make them say different things. Are we sure that – is there video of Brian Cashman saying these things? Yes. There is, oh, there is video. Yes. Oh, geez, yeah. that kind of Sorry. makes <laughs> That sounds like – and, and I, that's only one cut I've heard, but he sounds like somebody who does not like to be challenged. He doesn't like the fact that people are challenging whether or not he's doing a good job and he's tired of hearing criticism. And after the season they've had, rightful criticism. And he, he's now going to uh, throw like a, almost like a hissy fit. He doesn't, like, he doesn't like the idea that anybody would be questioning the job he has done. That's what it sounds like. Sounds like a guy who's entitled and doesn't like any pushback on his decision. Gee, I wonder if that could also manifest itself in the front office. If this is what he's saying to people outside the front office, I wonder what he's saying to the people inside the front office when they disagree with him. Yeah, it's an interesting point. Interesting point. 1-800-919-3776. Uh, let's go to the phones. Bruce is in Flushing. Bruce, start us off on ESPN New York tonight. Hey, guys. A couple of points about Hal's address and Brian's. I thought it was very interesting that Hal said – that Aaron Judge is at the meetings and was talking to him and advising him, and Aaron Judge himself has said that over the last few days. To me, that's important because I know one of the reasons why Brian Cashman went off the deep end. He doesn't like anybody whispering into Hal's ear except for himself. And that the fact that Judge is doing that I think it's going to have an impact this year, and I know that you guys may not agree with me, but I think how how's that stupid? He knows he needs to do something in the off season, or people are not going to come to the stadium, and I think you will see a big impact signing of a free agent or a trade. I would not be surprised by Soto. It could be Clay Bellinger. I'm not sure which one is which, but how would would do something? And I and I think 
the fact that Judge is whispering into Hal's ear is going to be a factor. Second point, I, 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 assume, I know Larry has seen this. I'm not sure of Gordon if you've seen it. Did you ever see the, the, the movie The Cane Mutiny? Yes. No, I have not. Okay. Yeah. Larry, didn't that speech by Cashman remind you of the, the speech by Humphrey Bogart <laughs> and substitute analytics for strawberries? Yeah. <laughs> it did, Bruce. Thanks for the phone call. Gordon, yeah. <laughs> uh, K-Mutiny, is it, it, it's about a takeover from the captain because mm-hmm, yeah, he's losing right. his mind. <clears throat> yeah, it, it, it was pretty similar. Uh, and Gordon, you can rent it maybe over the weekend sure. or something and check it out. You'll, mm-hmm. you'll, you'll, you'll smile I've a little bit I've heard of it, yep, it. absolutely. Yeah, I know you've heard of it. Time, but yeah, yeah you'll, you'll smile a little bit uh, about it. As a matter of fact, Showtime had a remake of Just the Trial mm-hmm. about a couple of weeks ago that they, that's they that been updated you know, to, to for. He, he sounds like a guy who's desperate in the end of his rope, but he's not. Right. Right. Because he's he's his job is secure. He's not going anywhere. Yeah, but you know what? Um, he doesn't even he, like to be like he doesn't even like to have this negative thing out there that he's not doing a good job when. Well, it's, he's not used the to it. Speaks for itself. But he's not used to it, Gordon. He, he's not used to well, it. Well, he should. I mean, look, we, we there's been plenty of criticism of Brian Cashman in the past, which has not been nearly as fair as the criticism now. Mm-hmm. So he has to be used to hearing criticism. And in the past, it's always kind of washed washed off his back, right? Like it, mm-hmm. it didn't really uh, impact him. Certainly not like this. Right, because this is true. Right, this is true. Right. <laughs> so he's kind of tipping his hand that he knows that this is true, and he's a yep. desperate guy who can't seem to, to get out of uh, the, the mess he's made for himself. No question about it. Uh, Spike is in St. Pete. What's up, Spike? Great to hear from Bruce, man. Man, that was good to hear. Bruce, you get better. I really, I've been calling as long as he has. We go back a long ways together. I know you're very familiar with him, Larry. I don't mm-hmm. know if Gordon, he called you much or, or at all. Oh, no, he has over the years. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just a great guy. Really good to hear him. Okay, so I was uh, I was asked to do something today uh, uh, on an out-of-town station for basketball because you know, Don, who did a great job, I hooked up, uh, I was able to hook up Don's radio call in sync with watching the Nick game last night. You would think he's doing games for 30 years. Now, I know he's he's terrific play-by-play guy for hockey, and he's done some college stuff. But uh, and I said to him today, I said, hey, you know, you had to feel the excitement. So the, the fourth quarter, the Knicks didn't turn the ball over. And, uh, look, they're playing an old-age team in basketball, uh, uh, you know, comparison. But their bench won the game, and uh, we'll see. you got to win the next two games. We owe, Cal- we owe uh, Charlotte one from that one-game homestand, Larry. We yeah. owe them one from, la- from last year. So I just said, there's the question they asked me. I- I'm talking about Wembyana. And I said, well, he's, you know, Ralph Sampson's body almost with the Tim Hardaway Sr.'s handle and Porzingis' shot, you know. Uh, I don't know if he'll hold up, but so far, so good. And he's with the right coach. So they asked me on this out-of-town thing, they asked me, somehow they got my name, and about the, the draft pick. I said, I think he's the best number one pick in the last 20 years. My My previous one was Anthony Edwards from 20, but if you look at the number one picks, I'm not going to rattle them all off to you. But since LeBron James, you got a couple of guys that uh, are pretty bad. And mm-hmm. uh, the, the, when I ran into Bargnani's name, I uh, I said, all oh. right, I'm stopping here. But I think, you know, I know you guys love Anthony Edwards. I mean, there's a, you, see, the Knicks need a wing player, and he's a, he's a shooting guard who can get to the basket and control the game. Uh, I just think he's going to be uh, an MVP sooner than later, and that's what's making uh, Anthony Towns expendable. But I was very happy with the Nick game. And, and you know, look, Randall's Randall. I'm not going to go through it anymore. He's loose with the ball. Nick's had 19 turnovers last night, and Randall must have had five, six, or seven of them, plus the eight turnover game. There's nothing. He's, he's Tibbs' guy. Larry, you keep telling me that. He's he Tibbs' guy. He's not so going he's anywhere. Play. He's right, going to play. But the, bench, the bench is good. Barrett, uh, uh, I know Jose from Brooklyn, he loves Barrett. Barrett's a really good player who's working on his game. I don't expect the shot to continue like that, but make the free throws because you're going to get to the line. 
and it'll take some of the pressure, as you and I have discussed off air, Larry, off of Bronson. Because otherwise, they figured Randall out. And certainly yep. in the playoffs, they figured him out. And they're going to pound the hell out of Brunson. So if you get a little relief, but I really like the two Villanova guys in the fourth quarter, how they worked so well together. Well, they got their own, because they got their own chemistry, Spike. Thanks for the phone call. They, they, they're used to playing with each other. I still, listen, they're good. I like it. I still need, I'm an old school guy, Gordon. I still need some height backing up Randall. I, mm-hmm. I still I, the three the three and D guys I got it they've got heart decent rebounder you know Vincenzo can shoot the hit hit the three you know I get it I get all that I I still want I need a six seven six eight guy six eight six nine guy Gordon who who can you know athletic hit mm-hmm. the three give yep. you some defense you know th- that's what I'm missing on this team right now. Well, they have some assets to move. The the assets, the, the clock is ticking on them, so it is just the beginning of the season. Usually you don't start to see any trades until a little later in the year, but uh, I would think that at some point there's going to be a, a move or two here in the course of the year. Oh, there's got to be. There's got to yeah. be. Uh, Gordon, I'm, I'm going to share this with you. Uh, this is Hal Steinbrenner again. Oh, okay. And this is going to be, you know, I know what you think about the season, and, you know, it wasn't a good season, obviously. I mean, they were almost they they had the good fortune of getting hot late and putting up, you know. Otherwise, they would have been under five hundred, and then last place almost. But this is how how Steinbrenner summed up the twenty twenty three season. I think Cash summed it up. I mean, it was awful. I mean, we we accomplished nothing. We we didn't win a division. Didn't make it to the playoffs. Didn't win a series in the playoffs, much less a championship. Uh, you know, I, I went over the winning record. That's a requirement as far as I'm concerned. So the fans uh, didn't get anywhere close to what they deserve. But, you know, we're all very passionate about this. We're, we're working our ass off. And, um, you know, we're going to do everything we can to right the ship for 2024. But uh, bad year. Uh, what's missing for that? Well, you tell me as a Yankee fan, what's missing from that? What's missing from his comment? Yes. Any placing of any blame? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Nobody, nobody's to blame, Larry. No, it the, just happens. The, the less important you are in the Yankees organization, the more you're to blame, apparently. Because the people who are the most responsible, they have the least to do with it. Because they're all yeah. good. Yeah, of course they are. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. I get a kick out of like Joey Gallo gets named on, but since Joey Gallo left us, who's picked him up? Two playoff teams. The Dodgers traded him for us and then the Twins who just made the playoffs. Or Sonny Gray, he's currently in the competition for a Cy Young Award, right? It's interesting how they get written about these players. I get it because whether they can play in New York or not, which is always a difficult thing, I don't care what anybody says, it's not easy to determine who can. You have to make decisions, try to engage people. I feel like we gotta adjudicate the Joey Gallo decision over and over again. We went all in, we were out of balance, we needed a left-handed bat, it was a very limited market. I had a guy that played with him on our roster at the time. Odor, hey man, what's he like? Can he play in New York? I think he'd be great here, he can handle it, blah, blah, blah. We do the cross check, we talk to as many people as you can, you make a decision, then you live with it. Didn't work out. But since that time, the Dodgers wanted them. And since that time, the Twins wanted them. So I get a kick out of how all of a sudden it's decisions about players that are having, that are really good Major League Baseball players or potentially, you know, helpful Major League Baseball players and that we're dumb for getting them and other people, obviously, they're not dumb. Uh, Yankee John Man's a little sensitive, Gordon Day. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, I, I mean, his points, I, I'd like to go through it almost point by point. They're all ridiculous. And at the end of the day, the main takeaway is they're all excuses. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's based on results. Joey Gallo was a complete failure. And fans who don't like that type of player to begin with and did not want him here said right away, this is not the guy that they should be getting. And you know what? They were right. If Brian Cashman made some move and it turned out that the Yankees got more out of him than other teams did, he would be the first one to point to these great achievements of his. Instead, he's just giving you a litany of excuses. Well, the Dodgers wanted or the Twins wanted He sucked for them too. <laughs> he was terrible for the Dodgers. He was he was mediocre for the Twins. And I think maybe part of that is he's not a guy who can play in a big city. <laughs> and 
it's good to know that the, 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 the balance of power was swung by a conversation with Rugnit Odor. <laughs> I mean, what are we doing? These are, the, these are your prepared statements. These are your prepared. It's clear that they had some meeting somewhere where they said, you know what's really unpopular with the fan base analytics? So we have to mm. combat this. Hal mentioned it. Uh, uh, Aaron Boone is not making his decisions based on analytics. Cashman clearly pushed, boy, you have a small analytics department, blah, 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 blah. There was some focus group somewhere within the organization. Who knows? Maybe they hired an outside uh, the, the company to come in and tell them that people don't like the term analytics. And so they're going to push back on that. At the end of the day, it's based on results. The Yankees have not gotten the results, and Brian Cashman for the last couple of years has done a bad job. End of story. Stop making excuses. Go fix it. And you know what the good thing is? For all the talk, and I'm sure we're going to hear more of the Cashman stuff, which is more ridiculous by the cut we play, talk is cheap. Mm -hmm. Hal Steinbrenner can say we're going to bunt more. If they go out and get Juan Soto, nobody's going to care what he says. Same thing with Brian Cashman. If the team gets back to being a good team next year and they win the American League East and they go deep into the playoffs and win a World Series, we'll all say, you know what, Brian Cashman turned it around. But right Mm -hmm. now, it seems kind of hard to believe. Yeah. And really, he's spending so much time defending what happened last year. Listen, there's nothing you can change about last year. Last year was a bad year. All right, let's move on. Let's move on. Right, right. What happened to the buck stops with me? Yeah. Uh, I don't know, Gordon. It's it's, uh, spinning. He he does not like. And again, I, I heard one from Hal. Where he was talking about, oh, is it about the boon coming back? They, we, yes. we, we talked to everybody within the organization. They all agreed. Yeah, I, I wonder why. <laughs> it's clear that you, you can't disagree with what Brian Cashman says. Here we are. Here are a, a, a concrete examples of things that he has done wrong, and he's trying to convince you. No, no, we, everything's good. Mm-hmm. The takeaway from today is the analytics is not an issue. The front office and the, the, the decision makers, they're all solid. We got to bunt more, uh, and we're good. Again, often wrong, never in doubt, the New York Yankees. Yeah, well, uh, there's there's one thing that we'll talk about a little bit later, Gordon, that you might agree with uh, how long, but we'll we'll wait on this in a second. Let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-3776. Buddha's in the Bronx. Hey, Buddha, what's up? Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, Gordon, I'm still waiting for that apologies about (laughs) the Aaron Rodgers signing. What, now, that what, what, what apologies? they had to do. <laughs> well, I, I mean, it, I didn't know he was going to get hurt, uh, but I think that if, if Aaron Rodgers had stayed healthy, this jet, I, I think that he was the best option of them of this past offseason. I think he's better than Derek Carr. I mean, I don't know what other options they really had at quarterback. Lamar Jackson was out there, and that was the They move weren't going down that road. And yeah, even, right, if they exactly. ha- even if they had – the problem. And right. that's well, the that, that that's another issue, but that was not a that was not anything that they were ever going to toy with. Yeah, well, you know, hey, listen, and he very well might be the MVP, so that's not a great look for the Jets for sure. Yeah, all I got to say about uh, the Zach Wilson and Joe Douglas truth is, is uh, you know, great line from Club of Language. <laughs> I pity a fool. I mean, please, <laughs> you know something? The Jets' problems are institutional from the top to the bottom. You know, and the quarterback is the low-hanging fruit. That part, I definitely agree with what you said, uh, Gordon. You know, they got a meddling owner. You know, he, he wanted Wilson. Then when Wilson didn't work out, you know, he wanted Rodgers. Now, whether he wanted Rodgers for winning or selling tickets, you know, that's debatable. But, uh, you know, listen, Rob Sala, nice guy. Uh, I feel bad for him because when you looked at his face, you could see, like, if you could read his mind, he was like, damn, they stuck me with this guy again another year. He's about to get me fired. <laughs> and, you know, and, and, and it's really bad. But for him, I feel sorry. But then again, I don't. Like, you, you know, Rob Salah had a chance last year to kind of distinguish himself from this just putrid nonsense that goes on. But he allowed the owner to force him to fire his offensive coordinator. You got a new offensive coordinator, same quarterback. How's that looking? And, you know, he, the Jets are one of those organizations that looks silly, national. So if he would have got fired for refusing to file the floor, he would have actually probably got a second chance of being a head coach. But now sitting here through this nonsense and the T-shirts and, 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 and the, the diary of the month, the press conferences, and, you know, when you hear the, 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 the Michael K stuff where he said, where they asked a question about starting Trevor Simeon, he said it's a valid point, I plead the fifth. 
should be sinking like like Michael Ray Richardson said back in the days. But, you know, look, for all the fanboys who like to call and like to say I'm negative, this, that, and the third, you know, I love you guys to death, Mark, Jose, all y'all that refuse to admit that Joe Douglas has done a bad job here. You know, it, it, you could really say of all of the three uh, uh, people who are involved in this scenario, like, he has the most blood in his hands. That 2019 draft was a complete whiff. He promised Donald's parents, listen, I'm going to get an offensive line. Guess what? It's five years later. We're all still waiting on that. You know, the, he drafts and signs wide receivers, free agency, and, and draft them that either retire and say, I'm not playing with this guy, or request a trade. You know, all of the, all of the veteran quarterbacks that he could have gotten, he didn't do anything to, to, to put somebody behind Wilson, right? So how does he compound that? By having no contingency plan again. <laughs> you know, what fool would have saw Zach Wilson play these last two years and said, yeah, I'm comfortable with him being the backup behind Aaron Rodgers? So, you know, there's no offensive line. There's no playoffs in five years. I don't want to run the names down to you of the free agent signings he had. I don't want to run the names down to you of the draft picks he had. You could tell me all you want, and like Jose was trying to tell me earlier about like Bryce Huff and this person, that person. Yo, let me explain something to you, bro. Look, you got 70% of the players that this man has drafted or signed as a free agency who are no longer on the team. You wasted a first-round draft pick last year on a guy who's not active. <laughs> McDonald, he's not active for the games. So, you know, we could talk all this nonsense, and I said this to y'all. But listen, um, you remember? I know they don't have no podcast from back in the days. I said, you have to draft Justin Jefferson. They mm-hmm. drafted Makai Becton. Stupidity. But besides that, you got all these other guys that you picked and, 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 and didn't work out and for somehow, some way, that 2-14 and 14 you're not responsible for, where the offense is now you're not responsible for. And I'm going to tell you something. I've never seen this in this city in my life where a bunch of fans for a fan base, I mean, rightfully so, Steinbrenner, uh, Cashman, they're getting all the shrapnel. But you're going to sit here and tell me in some what universe – Oh, you in? Will you look at Joe Douglas after five years? No playoffs, no offensive line, and for what a multitude of different reasons, no quarterback. And you gonna sit here and tell me that he's done a good job? <sighs> Give me some of that stuff you smoking, cause that stuff I get from the Heights ain't that good. This is ESPN New York tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on ninety-eight point seven ESPN. We're going to be active as we always are in the free agent market slash trade market. You know they've already had meetings, kind of prioritizing the different free agents and talking about trades. But I have not been brought into that process yet. That will happen in the next week or so, uh, and we'll go from there. But as always, you know, money comes off the payroll. My family does everything we can to, to put it back in, and that's that's not going to be any different this year. Wait a minute. They're meeting, but they haven't said to him who they want to get? Isn't Shouldn't he be more involved in that process, Gord? Well, we know who's available in terms of free agents and stuff. Yeah. I would have figured that that process would have taken place or at least started by now. Yeah. They should know who they uh, want. So, I mean, there's so many things wrong with the picture at this point. Yeah. Here's the problem. Even mm-hmm. if they do and they run down all this and this trade and that trade, uh, we don't trust Brian Cashman's judgment. Yeah. His judgment has been bad for the last couple of years in terms of trades and in terms of moves. And, and, and I know Hal was talking, well, nobody talks about the good moves because the bad moves negate the good moves. Yeah. Right? Like, it's almost like when we're talking about uh, Joe Douglas. Has Joe Douglas made some good draft picks? Of course. But when you don't when you blow the second pick in the draft on a quarterback and can't put together an offensive line that can get to week nine of the season, it doesn't really matter if you drafted somebody good with the fourth pick or the 10th pick. It's true. It's Gordon. This is a tough football team teams to watch. Oh my gosh. This year. 
And, and I would also say, you know, look, we're, we're pretty honest on this show about mm-hmm. the, the problems of the GM. I think we yeah. call out Joe Douglas more than any Absolutely. show. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, we also have to start maybe calling out the shadow GM. The shadow GM is that guy who's the quarterback who's standing throwing balls. Yeah. Because his record, uh, they brought in Lazard because of him. They brought in Cobb because of him. Cobb inactive. Uh, right. Again. Uh, I think that they stuck with Zach Wilson, at least in part, because Rodgers kind of gave the, the the okay, the, hey, you know, uh, may, work, well, let me work with him, and, and, and when I'm done, he'll be able to pick up the baton and go. Billy Turner, I think, is here because of oh. him as well. Oh, uh, I think the Dalvin Cook made was made in part because there was pressure because Rodgers had just given back all this money mm-hmm. to allow the Jets to go out and make other moves, and there's Dalvin Cook sitting there. That's been a disaster. Yep. So, look, I think there's more blame that goes to the actual GM, but the shadow GM, he's not exactly batting a 1,000 either. No, he's not. He's not. Trey's and in Brooklyn. I'm sorry, Texas. before we go, go to Trey, on, Trey. Larry mm-hmm. – I can't believe that they're going to allow Rodgers to come back this year. Playing behind this offensive line. He's not coming back. I think he is. He's not coming back this year. I think it's more important to him and his mindset to show that the medical community who said he couldn't come back to prove people wrong. That That's a bigger motivator to him then I think that what's best for the team or what's best for him long-term, I absolutely think he will play this year. Gordon, he says they have to be in it. Gordon, there's no way they're going to be in it by the I time I think that they are going to – well, look. Because uh, they're not from, changing the quarterback. We've seen from the Knicks at times. We've seen from the Yankees at times. In it is a very nebulous term. <laughs> well, it, that we're in it, right? If we're in, within a game of a playoff spot, is that still in it? But I don't know that they will be the AFC. Know. Not the NFC. They might have been. Yeah. The AFC. I mean, I don't think so. I mean, at look, the, end at, of look the, day, at the North. I don't think that there's anyone within the Jets organization who can tell Aaron Rodgers no. Well, if he keeps looking at the offensive line, that'll tell him all he needs to know. <laughs> he should know that answer already. <laughs> that will tell him all he needs to know. Trey's in Brooklyn, Texas. What's up, Trey? What's up, fellas? It's so good to hear from Bruce from Flush, and I think we can all agree with that. And always good to hear Uncle Spike's voice. And that superstar guy, that that, that star of uh, One Jets Drive, what's his name? Buddha from somewhere? What's his name? Buddha from the Bronx? <laughs> yeah, always good to hear these guys, man. And you too as well. Um, I appreciate you taking the call. Um, y'all got this all wrong, man. Y'all got this all wrong. Cussing GMs, you know, expletives from owners. They're hanging out with Buddha up there in in, uh, in the Bronx, man. They drinking brown liquor, baby. <laughs> I'm telling you what's going on. They drinking brown liquor. They tired of losing, and this is the residue of the losses, man. They can't take it no more. The yeah. Texas Rangers just won the World Series, man. Yeah, how about that? That's why Cashman. So that's why Cashman is flipping and had about four Yankees on that damn roster down there in Arlington. Mm, yeah, a couple. Of you know what I'm too. saying? That's why he's flipping out, man. I mean, that is a it's a it's a flip out moment for the city, man. Come on, man. We no relevant football. You know, we got to coddle uh, uh, a grown man in the garden. You know, that's why I called. You know, to have Alan Hahn, the great Alan Hahn, sit there and interview Julius Randle last night with the most hollow 27 points I've ever seen in my life. I don't give a damn if he drops 60. He got to go. I'm done coddling him. We know that, Larry, but I got to say it. (laughs) I, I can't call here and not say it, Larry. I want him gone, man. I crave his absence. You know what I'm saying? That yeah. he got, he's not he's not a winning basketball player. He's not going to win here. I don't give a damn what he does or what they do. You, you can coddle him all night. I was done with him when he jerked away from Brunson the other night, and I think it was Milwaukee. I was done. Dude, that's the captain of the damn team right there. You're not the captain. Take off Bernard King's jersey for the last damn time. Take mm-hmm. off his jersey and go. Just leave. And take Tibbs with you because the other coach that I want was coaching last night on the other team. Anyway, so he can go. I'm, I'm sick of Julius Randle. He's six feet whatever, and we have to coddle this man on social media, and we have to cheer for him. Come on, man. We boo Patrick Aloysius Ewing. We can't boo Julius Randle. We can't express our frustration with the way he plays basketball badly all the time 
All of oh, shots that's, that he that's, makes. That's unfair. I, he doesn't play it's bad basketball unfair. all the time. It's not unfair. Gordon, of course it is. You are I Knicks mean, fan you make it Gordon. out like, like they, they, they've been as bad as they've always been. I mean, this no, is. No, 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 no. Just him, Gordon. We've seen enough. We've seen a large enough sample size. It has been four years of old Ju- up and down Julius. Up and is Julius okay? Is Julius okay? What about the what about the people that pay money to go watch this dude? He has one job, Gordon, to go play basketball well. Come on, and, man. And, and, gotta... and and two of the last three years, he has done so at an all NBA level. Mm. All NBA third team, Gordon. Come well, on, man. I mean, all right. So he, he's uh, so 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 the fact he's not all NBA first team, it, it, he's 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 worthless, and we got to get rid. Not, I get it. Not, he's not, not he's not maybe not a superstar, he, but he's the next superstar. He, that's very true. It's not that, look. It's not an indictment on him. It's I know that we've reached a level with this man. We're not going any further with him. He's got to go. Where, where are we going wow, with him, Gordon? Look, where? He, but, where? Where do you play. think he's going? I, no, I know Who do you think wants him? I'm, just, I'm voicing my frustrations to you because you are my family. I know I he ain't going nowhere. I, I know he's Tim's guy. I know yeah. the contract situation. I know what's going on. But what I'm saying is he is not a winner. He's not a winning basketball player here. It's not going to work. We have to find a solution because we can't keep going through this. How, so how many more years of this contract? I think two more I think years? he's got two more after this. Two, two more so years. So we got to do this for two more years, and he could be up wow. for an extension. Look, uh... sweet Jesus, an extension, <laughs> an ex- <laughs> Larry G. This man got to go, and it's nothing personal. I, yo, look, take your double double. Here's the and problem. Go somewhere else. Here's the problem, my friend. And thanks for the phone call. Yeah, he's got two back. more years after this year, and one of them is a player option in 2025, 2026. Oh, you know he's so, got to opt back in. <laughs> well, 32 at that point. Uh, I think he'll be 32 at that point. He, he probably uh, – I don't know. I, I guess it would kind of depend on how he's playing at that point, whether or not – 32 is not – No, you not. see what some guys get. 32 is nothing. No. Mm-mm. No. Here's the problem. Trey, everything you said about Julius for the most part is right. Inconsistent, awful mm-hmm. in the playoffs, whatnot. Mm-hmm. But the problem is that the Knicks haven't surrounded him with anybody. He has been the, quote, best player, unquote, on the team up until Brunson got here. Once you see what his deficiencies are, Gordon, then you bring somebody else in so he becomes the third option, i.e. Christoph Porzingis up in Boston. Gordon, he's the fourth option. He'll be great as the fourth option. He'll be great. And so, once again, when you look at the Knicks and you go back and you mention Patrick Ewing's era and you talk about Carmelo Anthony, you talk about all the times with the Knicks, it's because they have one player. They never wrap them around. This is the closest, other than 2015 when you had an, an ancient Jason Kidd and you, you, know, you had... Um, uh, you know, Tyson Chandler and Carmelo and Amari and all these folks, you know, this is the closest that you've had people around other people, Gordon, that can help him out. This that's what that's what the problem's been. The problem is not that he's you know, the problem is not his production per se, it's that he needs somebody else around him. Well, look, he has flaws in his game, but he also has production, and it's hard to replace that production by giving him – find the player who's clearly better than him that you can get for him. Nobody wants him. Nobody wants him. Nobody wants him. No, that's the thing. And, and, and look, he's almost like kind of undervalued in a way because it doesn't seem like any teams really are, are valuing him, and he does give you a certain – you know, 20 and 10 most nights. Now, yeah. it's been a rough start to the season, but I would think that that's going to get straightened out. It, it's because if you're another team, you're looking and you're saying, what does he add right. to me that I need? Mm-hmm. You know, he, he he's a ball stopper, Gordon. Mm, yeah, absolutely. In a lot of ways. No question. You know, and listen, so is, so is Jalen Brunson and so is R.J. Barrett. But right now, they're being a little bit more productive than he's been. And they showed up in the postseason, and he hasn't, and that's no, a bad he, look. he's a disaster in the postseason. So that that that, that part of it is clear. That kills him. But you, yeah. you, to get to the postseason, you need the regular season as well.
This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Gordon, somebody wants to talk to you about the Yankees. Oh, okay. Eli from Washingtonville. Oh, I wonder what it's going to be about. You're next on 98.7. Hey, you guys, listen, after hearing all these these, uh, these calls going in and um, listen, and that echoes my sentiment that I've been saying for the past five years. You know, the, the, the art of GM, of general management, is lost in New York City sports. And it's a shame because, look, us as fans, <laughs> you guys as ESPN radio personalities, it's a great place to, to, to have a team, you know, be successful. And these, these GMs are, they have the funding. So it's like, it's just bad general management throughout all New York sports. And, and the guy that, that runs the, sh- the is at the top of, of that list of bad general managers is Brian Cashman. And I've been saying it for years, this guy's a buffoon. Like, how, how are you going in a press conference and complaining about doing your job? Or uh, I ask around and, and, and uh, you know, see if guys complain in New York. That's your job. That's the job of every GM. That's the job of the GM of the Texas Rangers, to put players that are capable to perform on the field for your city or for your, or, you know, or for your baseball club. And you're going to be, gonna, instead of coming out apologetic, saying, listen, I messed up, I chose wrong, and, and you know, taking responsibility, he gives a thousand and one excuses on why, why you know, his, uh, his uh, you know, judgment was, was, uh, was correct. I'm telling you, it's just, it's just sad. Listen, the Canyon of Heroes are going to have tumbleweeds <laughs> for a very long time instead of ticket tape. <laughs> You're right, Eli. Thanks for the phone call up against the clock. Uh, you know what, Gordon? He's not wrong. No, he. Th- these are times where he's right now. He was he was saying this when the Yankees were winning 100 games. Absolutely. Winning the division. He's consistent. So he, he's consistent. I will give him that. He is absolutely consistent. Um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. And I don't mind the way – I actually uh, appreciate the honesty from the viewpoint of Cashman – like mm-hmm. not coming and, and speaking like Aaron Boone does after games where it's like this gobbledygook that doesn't mean yeah. anything. Yep. But it's interesting that he views the criticism of his organization from the outside as BS. Mm-hmm. This after the worst year they've had in three decades. He is very protective of analytics. He is very protective. Oh, it's of not, it's not the analytics. Everything's great, Larry. We just I need know. more time. He's been here 25 years. Just needs more time. Be good on the radio tomorrow morning, Gordon. I'll see you tomorrow night. Sounds good, Larry. All right, that wraps up this edition of ESPN New York tonight. we see you tomorrow night following the Knicks. Julian, Joe, thank you very much. Conversation continues on 98.7 ESPN.